Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Nomad Entrepreneur, the podcast for digital nomads and remote working entrepreneurs who are living life on their own terms. I'm your host and fellow nomad, Daniel Faunikbe, and I'm excited to bring you conversations with inspiring individuals who are building businesses from anywhere in the world. Each episode will dive into their stories, tips, and strategies for creating a successful and fulfilling location-independent lifestyles. So grab your headphones, kick back, and join me as I explore the freedom and adventure of the nomadic life. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Nomad Entrepreneur. As you may have noticed, the name of this podcast has changed uh, for the last one or two episodes now. And the reason for that is because, as you guessed, things change. People change, times change, and circumstances change. And the direction that I want to take this podcast has definitely changed as well. As a digital nomad and someone who enjoys traveling and you know working remotely, I dabble into entrepreneurship. I've always dabbled into entrepreneurship for the last five, six, seven years. And you know one of the things that I enjoy talking about is the freedom of being able to travel and make money while doing that at the same time. And I just want to uh, you know expand you know this platform more to talking to people who do these things that I do, who travel, you know, run a business or maybe even, you know, work remotely. This is not just, you know, open to, you know, people who are building businesses. It may be that, you know, you work remotely and are building a business. It could it may not necessarily be your business, but this is just a platform for anyone who wants to, you know, share their stories and tips, strategies on how to sustainably travel while making money. Because as someone who has at some point uh ran out of money really trying to travel, not as a result of a lack of planning but you know because life just happens and you know you just don't plan for everything i know that as a matter of fact uh, that situation is kind of gross it's not the same situation that you want to find yourself in but as i've grown more as i've learned more and you know be more uh, aware of my situation and put more effort into uh, making money or just becoming more financially uh, independent I've seen the difference between traveling as someone who's financially uh, capable and someone who's not so financially capable and the freedom that comes with the latter. So that's what I want to share with you with this podcast. And I hope that it still resonates with you. Of course, I'm still going to be bringing people sharing, you know, their stories about travel and just inspiring you to do the same if you're not doing it presently right now. So that is the 
story behind the name change for this podcast and you might be hearing some sounds in the background uh i'm in mexico city i could have cleaned it up in post but i'm deciding to leave you know some of this background um you know chatter or some of the hunks that you might hear later on in the episode but i just wanted to experience what i am experiencing right now being in mexico city as a data nomad and just you know get to feel it the same way that i'm feeling it right now even though i'm on the eighth floor it still doesn't change the fact that mexico city is one of the loudest cities in the world anyways with that said this episode we'll be talking about you know data nomads why they're not created the same why some data nomads are just a, a marketing play by countries you know just to get on the bandwagon and say hey look at us we have a data nomad visa as well and also we'll be talking about why rio de janeiro is the most sort of the destination in south america or one of the most sort of the destination i should say that the the nomad visa requirement and some of the upsides and also why mexico may not be as cheap as it was before and what other options are out there so stick around till the very end and also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast from also if you have any thoughts or if you enjoy this podcast as much as i've been told that some people do don't hesitate to leave a rating and that just helps to push the podcast to a lot more people who are traveling and living a life of freedom and adventure all over the world so without further ado let's get right into the podcast and i will see you on the other side So the first thing I really want to discuss here are nomad visas and why they are not created the same. And a case in point in this topic that I really want to bring to attention is the Colombia data nomad visas, for example. It's been uh, around now for quite a while, just like with every country out there. And one of the requirements of the Colombia data nomad visa, of course, it's the most uh, uh, attractive of the bunch out there and it's that you should be making at least $700 a month which is the lowest of most of the tenement visas out there and this has gotten a lot of people you know hype many people are like you know what I think I can make $700 a month that shouldn't be an issue but what I find quite disappointing is the fact that the Colombia Data Nomad Visa, even though it carries the term Data Nomad Visa, is not quite open to everyone as it should be or as many Data Nomad Visas out there. Who's eligible for the Colombia Data Nomad Visa? So you will only be eligible for the Colombia Data Nomad Visa if you are from one of the countries that are visa exempt initially for the Colombia regular visa. Meaning that if your country requires a visa to enter Colombia, then you are automatically not qualified to apply for the Colombia Data Nomad Visa. The countries that are, you know, just naturally eligible for the Colombia Nomad Visa are the countries that already do not require visa to go to the country. For example, the United States, most of the Schengen countries, most of the EU countries, Canada. So essentially, Colombia is telling us that if you're not from any of these countries, you're not eligible for the Colombia Data Nomad Visa, which defeats the purpose of the Colombia Data Nomad Visa. You know, all purpose of the Data Nomad Visa is to allow, I mean, people from different countries who are able to work remotely to be able to visit countries and live there for a set period of time and be able to carry out their normal business activities as they would back in their own country. So 
I find this very disappointing because you know it further goes to assert the fact that the autonomous visas are not what they claim to be at least for a lot of the autonomous visas out there there's still a lot of discrimination and a lot of like you know you're not allowed here if I can put it that way going on when it comes to autonomous visa there's a lot of cookout approach to eligibility and issuance of this visa so if you are looking for you know autonomous visas out there just keep this in mind if you require a visa to enter Colombia originally you're not eligible to apply for autonomous visa even if you make the minimum required amount which is about $700 a month now what are some other options out there if you are looking for autonomous visa there's so many countries you know coming up with autonomous is now in the EU there's Hungary there's Croatia there's Greece there's Malta there's Cyprus a lot of these countries you know require you to make significantly more uh, Portugal I believe is still one of the cheapest out there at about 2,400 euros a month and countries like you know Greece Croatia Malta uh, Hungary require you to make a lot more at least they allow everybody to come into the country, unlike Colombia. So if you're new, to, so if you're a nomad looking for digital nomad visas, these are some of the countries I would consider. I wouldn't consider Colombia at all. Even if I meet the eligibility, I don't think I would be inspired enough to apply because it only allows you to, you know, stay in the country uh, for six months at a time, which honestly to me doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyways, that is. Uh, my thoughts on that and now let's go over to why Rio de Janeiro is the most sought after destination in South America and what are the detailed nomad visa requirements and what are some of the upsides of applying for a detailed nomad visa in Rio de Janeiro. Now if you're looking for sunshine all year round, if you're looking for great outdoors affordable cost of living and a lot of other benefits that brazil offers rio de janeiro is that city for you and the good thing about rio de janeiro or about brazil in general is that they have a detail nomad visa for anyone who wants to go live in brazil so the nomad visa lasts for one year with another option to renew for another year and as an applicant you must provide proof of work and earn at least $1,500 a month which I think should be pretty attainable for most detailed nomad visa. I mean if you're not earning $1,500 a month I think you should you know get on your also a little bit more make more money so you can be eligible for even the most affordable of detailed nomad visas. So you will have the benefit of thriving within a digital nomad community. Uh, Brazil has that established nomad community, especially Rio de Janeiro. And, you know, there are a lot of work amenities, according to the research I've done online. I haven't been to Brazil myself, but I have heard a lot of good things from, you know, brothers and you know, other digital nomads living in Brazil. Rio de Janeiro is still, you know, very affordable compared to most European and American metropolitan cities. And it's one of those cities that offers a lot of value for money and i will link the article down in the show notes if you want to read more about it it's an article from bbc.com just uh chronicling some of the benefits of living in rio de janeiro some of the advantages of living there and of course a lot of beautiful beautiful uh images uh as well so if you are looking to read that article it's gonna be in the show notes down below i think personally one of the cons of applying for the brazilian detainment visa is of course you need to be living in brazil and obviously speaking portuguese might be one of the 
are toughest things that you might have to do. But if you speak Spanish, chances are you already learned, you know, 60 to 70 percent of the Portuguese vocabulary anyway. And you just have to, like anybody else, you know, maybe take some extra classes and, you know, just immerse yourself in the culture and, you know, brush up on your skill. But for someone like me who um, has, I would say, subpar uh, knowledge of Spanish, it's going to be uh, super challenging to throw myself into the Brazilian culture and if I want to do something like that if you're listening and want to do something like that as well I would you know recommend that you become some Portuguese you know learn the language a little bit so that you can have a good time living in Brazil now let's talk about why Mexico may not be as cheap as it once was before so I put a tweet out a couple moments uh, just a moment ago and it's uh, getting a lot of traction I think a lot of people resonate it just resonates with a lot of people um, Mexico is not as cheap as it once was again and I talked about this as well in my uh, in one of my YouTube videos I'll leave that in the show notes as well and the thing with Mexico is that a lot of people or there's been a lot of misconception about Mexico or a lot of misinformation especially very recently about people talking about how Mexico might be uh, you know the cheapest destination if you are looking to retire or if you're looking to start your teaching on my journey I have talked about it as well I mean this was an opinion that I held uh, you know somewhere about two one and a half two years ago but having spent time in Mexico um, a lot in the last one year I've realized that things are not as they once was I mean thinking about how much I spend now in accommodation uh, it's much more expensive. I mean, slightly more expensive than what I would spend about two years ago. And if you're coming here right now, and if you go look on Airbnb, oddly, would you find a one-bedroom apartment for under a thousand dollars? It's just impossible. Even shared accommodation right now, you know, goes anywhere from you know eight hundred dollars. You can find a shared accommodation for twelve hundred dollars, which I think is a far cry from what it used to be. And right now, if you you know love Mexico City like I do, uh, it's gonna be hard to find. And you know, I mean, it's gonna be pretty uh, tough to get by with under two thousand dollars a month. And that is just the reality of things. Of course, that does not mean that there are not other places that you can go to that can live in Mexico for under two thousand dollars a month. But realistically, if you wanna you know have a very solid quality of life as an entrepreneur who wants to get work done and have a focused and balanced lifestyle. Uh, a lot of the cities that you might be looking at may not be affordable at $2,000 a month. So you need to keep this in mind before coming to uh, Mexico City. You know, things like food and you know, going out, uh, they, they still are relatively the same as they once were. But basic things or the things that take the most uh, out of your budget, you know, like accommodation, you know, transportation and, you know, just like basic essentials uh, for your day to day life is going to is not going to be as cheap as you know as before so if you're looking to live in mexico right now you will be looking to at least have two thousand five hundred dollars to three thousand dollars a month you know just to have a decent quality of life in mexico city and that's just the way it is you know i always say that developing countries are not going to stay developed forever they will become developed and underdeveloped countries will you know end up becoming developing countries at some point so that's just a cycle of life as more people you know transition into remote work and you know start traveling and realizing that there's more value to be had in a lot of these countries prices are going to go up so if you are thinking about starting a detail in my journey right now i would say this is the best time to start this is what I have for you in today's episode of the Nomad Entrepreneur Podcast. 
If you find any of this information helpful, consider subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And also, if you have any questions, reach out to me at ifdanieldata.gmail.com. I'll be more than happy to uh, answer any questions you may have. And also, if you want to be a long-term supporter of the podcast, this is how you can reach me at least for now. I appreciate you listening again. Go to the show notes for any of the links to some of the articles that I mentioned. And also, if you want to check out some of the tools I use to travel effectively as a data nomad, it's going to be in the show notes as well. My name is Daniel, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Take care now. Bye. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Vive la acción, el drama, el last feature in meal. Escoge entre un QPC Big Mac o McNuggets de 10 piezas para acompañar unas papitas medianas, twin sour sauce y una bebida. En carteleras ahora, para pa pa pa, en McDonald's participantes por tipo limitado.